Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Pharmacy Hot Topics, the podcast where we talk with our members about what's currently top of mind for pharmacists, student pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians. My name is Mike Dukoski. I'll be your host today. I'm the Assistant Vice President of Ambulatory Pharmacy at Baptist Health South Florida in Miami, Florida. And today we're going to be chatting with Melissa Ortega, who's currently the Director of Outpatient Pharmacy Services at Tufts Medical Center and Floating Hospital for Children in Boston, and Brian Schusler, who's the Director of Home Infusion and Specialty Pharmacy at St. Luke's Health System in Kansas City. And we're going to be talking about accreditation in a virtual world. Specifically, we're going to discuss and look into some of the key elements that can help all of us to navigate this new era of accreditation validation effectively. Thanks so much for joining us today. Brian and Melissa, we're very happy to have you. Let's get started. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your specialty pharmacy services currently set up at your institution and when you got on this journey for your accreditation. Melissa, why don't you go first? Thank you, Mike, for having me. So just a little bit of background. We started our specialty pharmacy journey at Tufts Medical Center in 2008. And it wasn't until about maybe five or six years ago that we really started growing exponentially. And that was right about the time that we started really looking and deciding to pursue our preparation to undergo accreditation. So it's taken us a while. And when you think about URAC accreditation and all the many standards from patient management program, as well as uh, most importantly, setting up an infrastructure. I think this is pretty normal for most programs to have a couple years of preparation. Great. Thank you. How about you, Brian? Yeah, thanks for the introduction, Mike. And we're pretty similar to Melissa and their organization, uh, except that we opened our specialty pharmacy in 2016 and really took us a while to understand what we were doing and what we needed to do better and kind of build our program. And so in 2017, we really started talking about, hey, next steps. And that led to a 2018 introduction with the consultant group and then putting this on our strategic plan in 2019 and saying, hey, we're going to get it done. We're going to make it a focus point within our organization and department. And so that led us over into 2020. As many people know, URAC takes a little bit of time. And so we did that, and that's kind of how our journey grew. But yeah, it does take time. It does take energy and resources and, and preparation to, to make it a success. Thank you both. I think your, your journey uh, well illustrates what many of our members are working through right now. So we're really looking forward to your perspectives as we get into our topic today. So both of your institutions recently went through a URAC accreditation survey virtually in the last six months. We'd like to learn all that we can about your experiences. So Melissa, we'll start with you and we wanna get your perspective. What was one item that you'd consider to be extremely valuable to help you achieve a successful virtual validation survey? Yeah, so if if I had to pick one item, I think what was really important and it kind of follows um, the line along practice makes perfect was really engaging consultants to help us prepare to understand what the accreditation process looks like before a site visit. In this case, it was a virtual site visit, but I think that took a lot of the uncertainty 
around the accreditation process. So we really sat down, focused in on not only making sure that we had all our documentation lined up, but then we used that opportunity to work with the consultants to prepare our team. Those are some great tips. Now, how about you, Brian? What was uh, an item that you found to be particularly valuable to help your site have a successful survey? To piggyback on Melissa's point of preparation and practice makes perfect, I think that was the biggest item was really engaging with the key stakeholders, primarily outside of our department, to say, this is what we're going through, this is what's coming, and this is what we need from you, and let's make sure we're on the same page so that you represent us and our department and our accreditation in the way that we want to. So it just takes a lot of dialogue with some folks who probably aren't familiar with URAC in general. URAC is a lot to the pharmacy world and maybe not so much to the non-pharmacy world. Thank you very much. So we want to kind of demystify this topic a little bit. A virtual accreditation survey it could feel like a little bit intimidating, right? I mean, uh, it's not something that most have had the opportunity to participate in, but here we are, the pandemic, we're doing more things virtually. So Brian, take us through it continue on in that line that you were talking about and and what could someone expect to experience in a virtual accreditation survey, in this case with your rec? Yeah, it is very similar in terms of a regular survey, I would argue that you need to prepare. You're going to have an on-site day event and you're probably going to have a post kind of review of what happened. The differences really start to adjust when you're talking about how is this going to take place and where's your focus. So what I mean by that is there's a huge IT component because now your conference room becomes a virtual conference room. And so the physical location aspects are gone. And in some aspects, because in our accreditation survey, there is no video, which I think is an interesting concept. There is no body language. There's really no face-to-face physical kind of hey, I can see their body language, what they're doing, what they're thinking, what their response was. And that's not only with your surveyors, but that's also with your own team in some aspects. So it's crucial to kind of understand that that is the environment you're going to be in. And so kind of reiterating the point of practicing that environment with your key stakeholders, with your staff, so that you are aware and prepared of, hey, on this day, we are going to be communicating in a virtual world. If you need to text me, text me on the side. If you need to ask me something that is coming up, make sure you have the ability to do that, whether it's through a chat, email, whatever the mechanism may be. But on the day of, you are looking at a long virtual meeting. So it's in front of a screen. You better have your water, your snacks, better get comfy, your do not disturb sign. And you're not really going anywhere. So there isn't the the walking through, let's do a review of your operations. Let's see what's out there. It, It is a sit and discuss type of meeting with sharing a lot of documents. So I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of that as we go forward, but I I do think it's being prepared and organized at the same time, understanding there is flexibility. There is an agenda, you will follow it, but you will want to make sure efficiency is top of mind. And an example of that would be as you're going through your personnel files, your HR group, you may have 90% or 80% of your personnel information in one software, but maybe some other key items such as drug testing or onboarding documentation or another file. And you may just want to figure out with the surveyor, hey, what works best for you? Do you want to go employee by employee? That may take longer, or we could just do software piece by software piece 
and knock out all those items that are in there and that would flow more efficiently. That helps them understand, yeah, let's do that. Or no, I'd like to go employee by employee, understanding it may take a little bit more time. And then I think at the end of the day, you, you review what kind of went on and that's probably no different than a, a normal survey. Well, thanks so much for that. I think uh, we can understand that there's a lot of similarities to a normal accreditation visit and maybe some unique challenges and opportunities that come along with the virtual experience. So thanks for walking us through that. Now, Melissa, as pharmacists, we like to prepare for everything and we want to make sure that we can do all the work ahead of time so that we can make everything successful the day of. So preparation is key. I know that was a big part of your pre-survey activities. Help us understand what you did to ensure that those within your department in the pharmacy, but also those outside of your department that were involved with the accreditation survey were appropriately prepared for a successful survey. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to, to share our journey. So we really leaned a lot on our consultants to simulate what an accreditation day would look like. And what I mean by that is that we really did this as a mock audit. So great opportunity to identify gaps. Also a great opportunity to test out coordination of different stakeholders to speak with the accreditors. So Brian mentioned the importance of having an agenda. You know, in the virtual world, we know what our experience with different accreditation site visits, you can be a little bit more flexible when you're face-to-face and adapt. In a virtual world, when you set up appointments, you have to be comfortable with saying, okay, we're done with this time or we're going over, we're expecting this next group to join us and adapting in a very different sense. So not necessarily pushing back meetings, but um, just recognizing that you're a little bit more tied to schedule. In that case, just being cognizant of that. And when you're preparing your agenda, maybe add a little bit of buffer time so that it's a little bit more in control because you're no longer coordinating team members that are on site. Now you're coordinating folks coming in through different avenues of communication. So let's talk a little bit about logistics. Like you described, we're in control of the logistics, but there are a lot of moving parts that take place. So I wanted to get both of your perspectives on on this next idea as it relates to your experience. Brian, did you keep your staff all on site in that one room all together? Were all the staff basically remote and you just had the leadership team in that sort of war room, central conference room? Or did you kind of have a mix of some virtual and some in-person? What did it look like in your experience? And then, Melissa, we want to get your perspective on that that same topic. So, great question. We were originally scheduled to have URAC on-site in May. And so, we had mandated that everybody would be on-site during that time. And then we had a schedule change with URAC due to COVID. So, when COVID came along, that rescheduled our site visit to later in July but we kept the mandate for our employees to come in. And I jokingly said, you have to physically be here and mentally be here, which is always a a thing I remind them of. But really it allowed us to control the narrative a little bit and say with our staff, our pharmacy staff, we want you here. We want you to overhear this. We want there to be some ongoing communication, some real immediate feedback that we can share with one another of, did you hear that? Did you kind of see where they're headed along these lines? Do you understand what they're saying? That really helped with engagement. With our non-pharmacy staffs, our key stakeholders, such as IT, HR, marketing, compliance, 
they still remained outside in the virtual world, if you will. So they are at their location because many of them have not been in the office for most of the uh, time since COVID started. So they were still remote and they had their virtual setups there, but our immediate pharmacy staff, we brought them in. I just think that was a great way for us to be able to control kind of what was going on inside our four walls. Now we have the footprint and a smaller setup to probably do that functionally. Other sites may have challenges with that if they're spread out. Thanks, Melissa. Did you take a similar approach or something different? Yeah, we had a very similar approach. So we also had our accreditation visit in May. We gave the option of our pharmacy team being on-site or continuing their work from home schedule. They could still come on site and comply with our new COVID safe guidelines, um, as long as we weren't sitting all in a conference room. And most of them chose to be on site with having the being comfortable with a plan B just in case their network connections or they had technology challenges. So most of our team came on site. We did have other individuals throughout our hospital that joined our accreditation visit virtually. So most of the audience knows that you're going to be working closely with a chief compliance officer, with your HR department, with your IT department. So those folks joined us virtually, but we made sure that they could have multiple modes of connection and they were comfortable with different functionality, such as sharing your screen or logging into different platforms. I think something where it was, I know we leaned on quite a bit was just getting creative with our communication tactic. And Brian, you mentioned this, but part of our preparation too was to create a phone list so that we could provide timely updates and group chats where we also use not only to provide timely updates, but also to cheer our team members on as we finished uh, major milestones through the accreditation visit. Thank you. Melissa, I want to explore something a little deeper that that you just mentioned about IT challenges, because we've all been living in this uh, virtual world more and more over the last six to eight months. And we've all had IT challenges, uh, little glitches in meetings and maybe some major glitches or things that went wrong. Of course, we want everything to go as smooth as possible for, for our accreditation survey uh, here, we're, we're remote states away from where our actual accreditation uh, surveyors are. So did you have any uh, difficulties from an IT standpoint? And, and if so, how did you sort of mobilize to quickly address them? Yes, I wish I could say that we didn't and everything ran smoothly. But we, like many other organizations, were mobilizing this virtual world, not just to practice in, but also to perform accreditation visits and just keep the the day-to-day moving. So we had a couple glitches. I think what's what's really important is just really being patient with one another. And and that's a dialogue that we had with the accreditation visitors. And it also goes back to just kind of leaving some buffer room in your agenda. So if these things do occur, that there's not too much pressure or meetings are not so compressed, that it gives you a little bit of flexibility. I think another really important factor is to make sure that everybody's really comfortable with the platform. So I don't know about you, Brian, but I know I probably function out of four different virtual platforms and they all have different functionality and some of them work well, some of them don't work so well. 
So really understanding before accreditation what the platform is going to be used and making sure that your stakeholders are really comfortable. We use one platform within our organization and URAC the surveyors used another platform. So that was where we had a little bit of hiccups was just, I know we have the functionality to do XYZ. So there's a little bit of a, a learning curve that we had to help some folks navigate through. And I think that's also when they were on campus, we could we could help them with overcoming those challenges a little bit more easily for, rather than those folks that were away from campus. One thing I'd like to get into is one of the, the main purposes of this accreditation visit is that we've submitted all of our policies and procedures and our practices. Your acts reviewed them before they even get to the virtual visit. So they see what we say we do. And they want to compare that against actual patient records to see, are we actually doing what we say we do? So now patient records, getting into those patient records and the PHI that's involved and things like that, it's it's kind of straightforward when the surveyor is sitting right next to you and you can look in the records together. But in the virtual space, Brian, how did you have to adjust to be able to share those patient records remotely? So we have an integrated system and our idea was, hey, we will just share that via the WebEx version, right? But to Melissa's point, sometimes that gets a little tricky and we found out early on actually in the day, and this is something that we learned, right? And we should have tested, but we did not, is we have a IT firewall set up to where we can't share our EHR through a WebEx meeting, which is probably a good idea, right? So we actually had our IT person in the command center, our point person, if you will, and said, hey, how do we get around this? And they instructed us, hey, this is actually how you are able to do this. So it took only about 30 seconds to reroute that. But that is something we didn't even take into consideration. And so once we were able to do that, it was really a real-time sharing of data on the screen and kind of walking through that And really the accreditor is asking you, go here, go here, go back there. So I will say whoever's running that process of a patient review or a file review needs to be extremely savvy in that. So that immediately excluded me. And so my staff is much better than me in most things. And that is certainly one of them. So we had some of our highest uh, functioning pharmacists and individuals on those, and they did a fantastic job of navigating. The other items that kind of took us by surprise were some of the documents URAC requested, our organization is not comfortable providing those in an email or a share file format. So in most cases, they would come on site, they would show them the document, and then it goes back in our files. But since they weren't here, we had to provide redacted versions of these that our IT team or compliance team would share for a few minutes and say, this is what I'm willing to show you. And the accreditor would say, okay, well, can you show me this or show me that? And they had the dialogue back and forth, but it was never actually provided to the accreditor in the sense that they had a copy of it. So those were a couple of things that were were new to us. And I think we learned through this process. Thank you very much. Yeah, those are some good tips that we can all take to heart as we develop our plan for a virtual accreditation survey. So now I wanted to shift gears to talk about engagement, our people, our teams, are critical to having a successful survey. But uh, I know your pharmacies, like mine, are busy. The staff are busy taking care of patients all day. We set high expectations for the services that we deliver, 
And so even during the accreditation survey, we're, we're trying to deliver on all those services. So the staff are, are being pulled to be part of the accreditation survey and then also taking care of patients at the same time. I'd like to get your perspective on how you kept the team, Brian, engaged throughout the accreditation experience. So we kind of had two groups. We had our non-pharmacy personnel, which would be IT, you know, the marketing, risk, that kind of group. And one of the ways we kept them engaged was we had our quality department and folks that we work with kind of ring the, the joint commission alarm is what we call it. So we told them this is very similar to a joint commission vision, which immediately got them into a different mode of engagement. And then obviously the preparatory meetings to say, hey, this is important. We're actually having a consultant work with us to help prep you. I think that also heightened their awareness to say, hey, this is something out of the ordinary. It's not just a board of pharmacy visit. This is something unique and different. So that was one way we engaged our external key stakeholders. And then internally, our pharmacy staff, we required them to be on site. So I felt like that immediately got them engaged and a little bit more in tune with what we were doing. I actually made them dress up, if you will. So I said, even though we're not in a video sessions, let's be business professional today. It kind of just changed the, the concept and the mode. And we actually had some fun with that, just seeing people dress up who probably don't do that all that often. And then kind of on a final note, and I think we've mentioned this before, and Melissa, uh, I know, and I talked about this, is the amount of time and energy you put into this, you know, the years, the strategic planning, this is a big deal. So you have a lot of that engagement that is building and building and building. And then Mike, you mentioned this earlier about pharmacists that always want to be perfect, know what's going on. And so I, I liken this to some of those pharmacists have taken a test and now they're just waiting for those test results to come back. And so they're at the front of the class just saying, oh, I, or I'm waiting for these to pop up so I can see my number and what my test result was. And so, and I think that's a good thing. They want to see, hey, how are we measuring up? And so that's really some of the things that we saw in our staff to use and keeping them close to what was going on was really important. Yeah, thank you very much. That really speaks to the importance of preparation because when you're well-prepared like, like you did in your programs, it really gives the chance for the staff to almost show off and be proud of the wonderful services that they've developed and get to share those with the surveyor. So time management's an important factor. We work with the surveyors beforehand to develop the agendas for each day. They're very full agendas, very busy, lots of things to cover. So Melissa, we'd like to get your thoughts on what are some of the strategies that you use to ensure that you could basically manage the time, get through the accreditor's full agenda and still be respectful of, of all the people's time that have to come and go, particularly outside departments, things of that nature. Appreciate your perspectives on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Brian alluded to this a little bit because we had a very similar infrastructure. So Brian's approach was to treat this like a joint commission survey, and we did a similar approach. So part of that was having a command center with individuals that had specific roles, whether it was timekeeping, whether it was taking attendance to ensure that those that were expected to be at the meeting were there, whether it was somebody from informatics to help overcome any of the IT network connection challenges. I think it was very important to have somebody take on those specific roles to help ensure that we covered the full agenda 
as well as that we were respectful of everybody's time. And just really making sure that you have a means of communication that you can do in real time. So for us as an internal and external team, we decided to create group chats with our cell phones so that if we were running a couple minutes late or if we were running ahead, we kept everybody in the know of what were our next steps. So I thought that was really helpful to ensuring our success. Well, really like to thank you both for so many wonderful perspectives. Uh, really could be very useful taking all these various tips along the way to help all of our members to prepare successfully for a virtual URAC accreditation visit. What I'd like to kind of conclude on is getting your perspectives, taking a, a step even broader than just URAC and talking about virtual accreditation overall. We get accredited by many different bodies, URAC being one of them, but I'd like to get both of your perspectives. Maybe we'll start with Melissa. Do you think virtual accreditation visits post-pandemic are here to stay? Yes, absolutely. As somebody who's preparing for their third virtual accreditation, I believe they're here to stay. You know, it allows for a timely cycle. It also still allows for a platform to learn about best practices, to get the consultative advice. That's one of the reasons we we go through accreditation is to learn best practices and ways to improve. And I'm assuming from the accreditation bodies, there's some sort of cost savings in regards to travel. I think the one thing that I do miss, and there's ways to overcome this, is that personal connection. You don't have the ability to have the hallway chats or the small talk to really establish that relationship with the accreditors. So I know something that we've started doing is actually uh, working with the accreditors and our teams to make sure that everybody's equipped to be on camera. So that, like Brian said, it's difficult to read the nonverbals. This allows at least for that personal connection. What do you think, Brian? Here to stay? Yeah, here to stay. Absolutely. I think it's key that you continue to build relationships, as Melissa was talking about, with people who are going to be a part of that in the virtual world. Make sure you know what's on their agenda, how they see things, what other accreditations they may come across and have experience from in your organization that isn't directly related to pharmacy, you know, and the IT component becomes so involved. And then I would also kind of say, and Melissa and I have both talked about this, you can't necessarily let your guard down. You have this very unique virtual accreditation profile, right? I call it like a virtual dating profile where you look good through the virtual lens, but don't forget that someday they're going to walk in there and still kind of put the pen to paper. And like you point out, Mike, they're, they're actually going to see what you're doing physically. And so you can't let those pieces of your operations kind of flail or or go away. You still have to be prepared and be ready to provide the evidence that you're doing what you're saying that you are doing. Well, I'm with you. I think that a lot of our professional lives will be quite different post this pandemic and oftentimes for the better. And the world is definitely changing. And I think virtual accreditation visits are definitely here to stay and will be something that we'll all be getting accustomed to and, and perfecting in the months and years to come. So, well, I just want to thank you both for your time today. That's all the time we have to really dig into this topic, but I want to thank Brian and Melissa. First of all, congratulations on your successful virtual accreditation surveys, and thank you for taking time to discuss accreditation in a virtual world with us today. 
We'd also like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to this session of Pharmacy Hot Topics. We hope you've enjoyed today's conversation and please be sure to subscribe to ASHP Podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.